guys, welcome to Basically Minimal. If you're trying to sell all your belongings and live in a white house, this is probably not the podcast for you, but you could stay. However, if you're just trying to live an everyday basic life and clean some of your house, then you're in the right place. I'm Morgan, and I'm just a basic girl who drinks Starbucks daily, loves a clean house, and just trying to live a little bit more minimal. On my podcast, we'll talk about organization, cleaning, living intentionally, and just all the good stuff. New podcasts will be out every Monday. Take me with you and listen while you empty the dishwasher or fold a load of laundry or go on a walk. Have a great week. Hey guys, I'm adding this in to my already recorded podcast, but I just want to tell you guys that I made a basically minimal club and basically it is just a little book club like a book study and it's through patreon but with patreon uh so you pay five dollars a month to be in it and for example this month the book is called what your clutter is trying to tell you there's eight chapters so there will be eight podcasts and there's a little facebook group and if i feel like there needs to be a printable resource that will be available to you And you can always sign off a Patreon and join again and still get all the resources from it. But basically, it's just some extra podcasts and a way to connect and like keep yourself accountable. So far, the book is really good. And also, you can just put it onto your regular podcasting. So like if you listen on Spotify, you can add my patreon onto your spotify so then you'll get notified when there's another one i listened to a patreon and i was just on the patreon app only but i recently added it to my apple podcast and it just pops up like every other podcast so anyways if you want to join that the link is down below i'd be happy to have you thanks for listening bye Fourth of July, I was wondering what episode this was, and it's the 75th one, which is pretty cool. Hello to anyone new to the podcast, and hello to anyone who has been around. Thanks for being here. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that I feel can be a touchy subject to talk about because some people get very, I don't know the word for it, but bold when mentioning OCD. Also, a lot of people throw it around all the time, so the term is commonly misunderstood. A lot of times people think that OCD means being a germaphobe or other people think it means wanting to be super clean and organized. It definitely can have those meanings linked to it, but it's something deeper than that, at least for me. I do know that people have different, what's the word, uh, side effects from it. My organization and cleaning definitely stems from having this, so it is a good thing. I will say that I'm on medication, which helps me. I went on medication for extreme anxiety that was coming on because of like my school year. This year was extremely hard for teachers. It was just causing me to not even be able to sleep. So I started taking medication a couple years ago when I was going through something that was causing trauma, but then I ended up getting off of it. Then this school year, It was not like severe, but I definitely, I don't know if it was triggering or what, but I was just so anxious that I could barely form a thought. So I knew that I needed something to help. Long story short, I tried to go off of it a couple months ago and it was just a shit show, which 
the one I'm on, you need to go off of it in a certain way, which I didn't know, but boy, oh boy, did my OCD have a huge flare-up. So let me explain what living with it has been like. I don't know exactly where this is going, but if this is you, maybe this can help you, or if it's someone you know or your child, maybe you can get some tips on how to not trigger them. This is a side of me that you guys... Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I set a timer every day and work for four hours, so my four hours is up, but I'm going to keep going. So anyways, I was saying that this is a side of me that you guys might be like, wow, she's weird, but it's me and I share my life on social media, so here you go. When I was a kid, I saw things on TV with the good angel and the bad angel. You know that full house episode where Michelle is making decisions and the good angel's on her shoulder and the devil's on her shoulder and, you know, they're both the Olsen twins. But if you don't know that, maybe you've seen something of the sort. But I would see stuff like that on TVs or movies. So I thought it was completely normal to have a conscience. But I think OCD makes your conscience, like, I can't say that word, conscience. Yes, very, very strong. I can see a moment from my childhood where I dropped something in the kitchen. It was a wrapper that needed to go in the garbage, and I dropped it right in front of it, and it didn't make it in. I thought for a moment, should I leave it there or pick it up? I probably had been having these thoughts a lot because I still have them as an adult, and I was trying to see if I could leave it there and like be okay, but I couldn't. I thought something bad would happen to me if I did. I'm also extremely superstitious. I think people will jinx me all the time. Being 30, I'm pretty sure this has to do with OCD, which isn't good for manifesting good stuff, but hey, I'm working through it. Now working with little kids, I can see that kids can easily drop something like how I dropped the wrapper and see it and not have a care in the world to pick it up, which baffles me because hello, keep the world clean. But also Nick does this and you see parking lots, you see stores. That's how I know that my life or death thoughts on dropping a wrapper and having to pick it up or I'll feel weird and my back and chest will feel funny is not normal. Looking back, here are some other things that I didn't know then, but I know now came from having OCD. Every night, my dolls had to be turned around. Oh, and my pictures had to be put down. I could not have anyone looking at me while I slept, even though they were fake and pictures my family and my neighbors would always say oh morgan's just weird oh morgan's just particular which is true and fine but it's just like so much deeper than that i also couldn't let anyone drink out of my drinks or like use my fork spoons whatever not even my own mom if someone wanted to i was done there was no way I could continue or I would just think about it over and over and know that someone else had their mouth on my stuff. It just would make my shoulders feel weird, like a neck twitch. I can't really explain it, but I do tell a lot of people, um, or like a lot of times I'll tell people that it makes my back burn. And I think it's just more like my shoulders like go up and like I get tense. I have a lot of touch issues, cardboard, ugh, puke, Dry walls, no, like like dry painted walls. Sucker sticks when they're wet. Oh, brown paper towels in little pieces, like wet brown paper towels. Just die now. I cannot. My mom would always say, oh, Morgan, come on, but I can't. So I hate the way walls feel if they're not glossy. Because I hate them so much, I had to crease my hand, like the side of my hand, like where your pinky is, um, in the corners of all my walls before bed. Now, I didn't have a four-corner room. No, no. 
I have this room with all these push-out walls and whatever you want to call them, I don't know, and an arch. It was like two rooms that they put. We did an extension on the house I had growing up. And so, like, basically we had to make my entry to my bedroom from a different room. So it's like, it's just basically two rooms. So there's like this arch and whatever. So my nighttime routine was fairly long because I would have to, like, put my hand down the crease of them because I knew that the walls felt weird and that like made it safe. I can't explain it. I'd also have to like click click the light then sprint to my bed and jump like sprint five feet. If I didn't someone would get me. Who? I don't know but my mind just told me that. I know that is probably more common though like the running or whatever because people are afraid of the dark. However I'm not afraid of the dark. I just have issues. With the touch or maybe sound, I'm not sure, but I do have sound issues and I do not like when kids are loud or shouting. I can literally, or like people, I can literally feel my soul dying. But back to the point is, uh, I hate pencils. When the teachers used to force us to write in pencils, I hated it. I hate the way it sounds on the paper or the feeling or something. Like I always had to have mechanical pencils. Always. Like if I was out, I'd ask my mom if we could go to Drug Mart. And I make my kids in my class use pencil for certain things because they're young and just like they have to learn how to and they have to learn that like when you go to school, there are certain things that sometimes you just have to do. And I feel like that's a good life skill. But I do give them a lot of times when it's optional and they can use pen instead because um, I know how triggering it can be, especially handwriting. I would take forever because I'd have to go back and fix the weird ending that came off of my G or my E. Guys, listen, I know this is crazy, but this is for real. As I got older, I got better with those things. I knew I didn't need to crease the walls. I knew I could push through and it would be okay. It's like breaking bad habits. You can outgrow some of the things, but then different things arise. When I was a teenager, nothing bugged me more than my mom straightening my room. She would move my stuff. Ugh, like just saying this makes me, like my head and shoulders want to bunch up. She couldn't understand why I'd get so mad, why I could be so upset by someone cleaning for me, but I was. I would shut my door and fume and slam things back quietly, of course, because I didn't want anyone to know I was doing it, but I'd put them back where they went, and it was awful. Just the thought of knowing she would do it would make me fume before even returning home. She finally stopped for the most part. I had to set a big boundary. She still thinks it's weird and will make comments, but she won't start moving things or I'll tell her to go home because it bothered me so much. I grew up with my neighbors, so they're like my sisters and obviously know everything about my life. So the one time I came home from a trip and my mom had worked in my yard with my uncle while I was gone, which is super nice, but she rearranged my garage. Not a lot, but enough for me to notice and I freaked out and called my sister crying and she's like you just have to tell her so I tried to tell my mom not to do that and she just like ignored it and hung up on me and she's like oh that's so dumb and then I had to send her a text because she like she didn't move a lot of the stuff she like moved my bike to the other side and stuff so like to her it wasn't a big deal but to me it was a huge deal and then so like I sent her a text about it and told her like this makes me so upset like I know it doesn't seem like a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to me, like whatever. And then after that, I feel like is when she stopped because she didn't realize to what extent it aches me so much. Now I see it in different forms. 
not being able to read a book when a chair is pushed out in my classroom. Legit, I have to stop and have someone go push it in. Feeling crippled to do a task because there's a crumb on the floor. Not utilizing a room because it's unorganized or stuff is out of place. So you could imagine how hard it is for me to join forces with someone and live together. I can also look back and see how it has taken over my thoughts a lot. Made, like making up scenarios in my head. Like, like not like making them up and thinking they're real. More like like thinking future thoughts like, oh, this is going to happen or this is going to happen or this is going to happen and just like can't stop replaying situations. I feel like a lot of people probably do that or maybe not, but here's the thing on medicine. I can tell a difference, a huge difference, not perfect, but I can live and function and cope. And again, I didn't go on for my OCD. I went on because I was so, so, so anxious, like so, so anxious, like I couldn't even tell where I was coming from. It was just like, I was so anxious. Um, but <laughs> how many times can I say that? I noticed a huge difference with being able to like function through my daily life without having to get up and move something. Like for example, I've been taping my podcast all morning and I'm staring at this cake box on my island and it's like tilted and I want it straight. But if this was when I like wasn't on medicine or whatever, I would have gotten up and like fixed it and it had been so annoying. But now I can be like, well, I can just get it later. So it definitely does help. It's not perfect, but I can live and function and cope. Okay, so without meds, I just had to keep on top of my cleaning. My cleaning schedule helps by doing that like chore a day, doing tasks first thing in the morning, making to-do lists. However, when I went cold turkey recently from my meds and couldn't function because every time I sat down, I saw a crumb in the sink or the dog's bowls weren't pressed against the wall or Nick's cups were out of order or Nick's junk drawer was messy or the blanket was folded weird on the couch or the hand vacuum was knocked off the holder because the dog hit it or the barn door wasn't closed all the way. You get my drift. Now, if you're living like that, you will A, not get anything done and B, be miserable and agitated and grumpy. So medicine works for me. It helps me. I find that I get less frustrated with my mom on medicines, on uh, medication too, which is a bonus because she tends to frustrate me. She knows this, but I find it easier to be nice and like go with the flow when she says stuff. Meds or no meds, this lifestyle that I'm living has helped me Less stuff to clean, less stuff to worry about, less clothes to wash, less Saturdays spent cleaning my life away, less huge purge days because I haven't done it in a while, less time spent going through the fridge because I keep up with it. This lifestyle is just so peaceful. It isn't perfect and I'm not perfect, but small changes make lasting impacts. Now, there is good that comes with being slightly crazy. Everyone is a little crazy though, right? The best thing I learned is that kids can do more than you think because I'm a teacher or someone around kids a lot and I want to have kids. Since I have to be so particular to be able to function, I've taught my kids so much. Kids can pick up after themselves. Kids can sweep. Kids can vacuum. Kids can do all sorts of stuff. And guess what? They like it. It takes a little bit of time and patience to get them to the point of doing it efficiently, but they get there and then they're so proud of themselves and it's just a win-win. Another thing is having a clean house and not having a rush to clean when people come over. I used to do this a lot before I got on the minimal train. I know you might be thinking, well, if you always had this, why aren't you, why weren't you super clean before? But like I said, the disruptive thoughts change just like everyone's do based on seasons of life. So once I got into this habit, 
I have stuck to it and I like things in place so it just works out for my benefit. Being able to find things because I have to put things away in certain places, I can always find things. I don't always have to feel the extreme pain of losing something because everything is where it should be. I suffer when I lose something. I take it so hard, but it is few and far between, which is good. So there's good and bad just like with everything, but I feel like this is more good. Luckily, I don't have to crease the walls anymore. I just have to have the closet and bathroom door shut and that's all. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you notice your child has these tendencies or someone you know or your students or whatever, here is some advice for you. Ask before cleaning up or moving their things. If they say no, respect that. If you see they aren't doing it, maybe say, this needs to be cleaned up or organized. Would you like me to help you? If they have a dead set routine, let them be. Maybe you need to get out the door. So again, offer help or just be more prepared for the next time and have them start doing their routine earlier. Try to see how long it takes on average. Don't yell about tendencies. That doesn't help. Let people be and try to remember that you can't control what others do, even if it is your child. Be open to others' ideas in a shared space. This will, I'm sure, be hard for me when I'm my own kids, but for example, if it's their room, you can let them keep it the way they want or compromise in a shared space. I have to compromise a lot with Nick, but I'm learning and it is working. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to my life story. I know it doesn't have to do with cleaning really, but I hope you enjoyed it or got something from it. If you like the podcast, share it with a friend. That's one way for it to grow. And hopefully we can get more listeners and just keep growing it and help and inspire people to make small changes that make lasting impacts in their life. So I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.